0: Before you listen to the podcast, I want to ask for your input. Chagos have launched a survey to help identify the impacts of the very wet autumn. The loss of winter crop area will be compounded by a lack of seed for spring cereals, which may lead to unsown land on many farms in 2024. Chagos are asking all tillage farmers to participate in the survey to tell us how much land which was destined for spring crops is still unsown and your intentions for this area in 2024. The link to the survey is in the show notes.
1: The overall message from the harvest hasn't been good, but there have been individuals who actually have done quite well this year, and they will tell you on the quiet that they have done reasonably okay. They tend to be the people who spread risk across their farm, whether it be the rotation, whether it be a spread of crops, spreads workload over a bigger peri- period of time. Those people generally tended to get on reasonably okay, albeit all the other factors that were out there. They seem to get work done.
0: As the end of the year approaches, most tillage farmers will want to forget 2023. Unfortunately, it will be a year which will be remembered for some time for its weather extremes and the resulting difficulties for tillage farmers. Generally, it's beneficial to look back at how we dealt with the year, and if we would have run again, would there have been any decisions we would have made differently? You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. In 2023, the cropping season from October right through to the following September was difficult for all tillage farmers. I just wonder, is this a once-off or will this be closer to the new norm? To chat about this year, I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran Collins and Shay Phelan, both tillage specialists in Chagas to review the 2023 cropping year and see if there's any lessons here for 2024. Shay, it was a really strange year weather-wise. Maybe you can bring us through the highs and lows of the weather over the past 12 months.
1: Yeah, Michael, you're right. It's been been a particularly peculiar year, I suppose, um, weather-wise for, for a lot of people. Um, and people probably remember the storms, Kieran uh, and Babette, towards the tail end of it, but it's been a trend throughout the year. Um, we started off probably with a pretty normal January, Sorry, I should go back probably to the autumn of last year when it was difficult to actually plant crops. And people kind of sometimes forget that that autumn 2022, particularly November, was very, very wet. So it was difficult to plant crops. So winter crops came into the season probably on the back foot. um, And all right, we had a pretty benign sort of January, according to sort of a normal January February, the start of February was quite wet, but the second half of February was actually quite dry. Um, And that helped to to kind of catch up on some of the work that needs to be done in terms of maybe planting some of those winter varieties that still need to be planted or drilling some of the spring crops as well. So the end of February kind of um, gave that little bit of um, time for people to do that. And then I suppose if you take March and April, we're, we're well above average in terms of overall rainfall. So that delayed work for those crops in there. So things like getting out. Uh, herbicides, nitrogen, so on and so forth, they were delayed in, in, in that March and April period because people couldn't travel. Um, April kind of dried up towards the end of it and allowed a little bit of work to be done on those winter crops. Uh, and in May, then we ran into a drought. And I suppose that really put crops on the back foot because some of them were in poor enough conditions coming through the winter. Root structure might have been brilliant when them. And some of them really did suffer in that uh, late May, early June drought that they got. And I suppose the end of the tale really after that is, is of the wet weather. And that really had a very bad impact on on crops uh, later in the season, especially winter crops, and and, and as well as spring crops as well. Um, and that really delayed harvesting. And we found, you know, winter barley harvest, was straw lying in the ground for six, seven, eight weeks. People not being able to 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 get that straw off the ground. It was a very stop-start harvest um, for all those crops all the way into, and it lasted up until you know up until October, unfortunately. Um, so it's it's been a very very tough. Um, year on tillage crops and on tillage farmers in general um, and unfortunately it's it's having a knock-on effect into 2024 and in that we're seeing plantings now under pressure and crops that have been planted in the autumn of this year under pressure uh, and a lot of bare patches and what have you similar to last year so that's unfortunately going to have an impact for 2024 as well so overall in a quick summary it's been a very very tough year on, on tillage farms
0: Okay, thanks, Jay. Um, Karen, just bringing you in there, I mean, there's a lot of extremes there outlined by Shea, um, uh, you know, all the way from the autumn plantings in 22 coming into 23. Uh, I think farmers in the south were probably more adversely affected by that weather as, around their cropping plans. Would that be true?
2: Yeah, I think so, Michael. I was just looking at, at Winter Barley there and, like, I just picked Cork and Wexford as sort of two, two counties in the in the southern half. Like, and if you compare... 23 with the previous year in 22 the winter barley area in cork dropped by 41 percent and in wexford it dropped by 45 percent so i think there was certainly um seemed to be more that rainfall concentrated in the south now i suppose on the back of that you know the tail end of the harvest and for sowing oilseed rape was actually quite good because you know the rape area was was a record it was a 20 odd thousand hectares you know but certainly any winter barley that was sown was sown in that sort of early October slot and we pretty much ran out of ran out of road after that you know um in the wheat look obviously the same applies however as she just said there look there was a small bit of catch-up done in in maybe old bits in December and, and the early part of the spring there which kind of brought the wheat area Still back, but kind of getting towards near normal in the south. So I think the the winter barley, Michael, was the one that the really took the the biggest hitch, you know.
0: So then, Kieran, I suppose in terms of it's, uh, I suppose getting crops planted in that really tricky back end in mean, your part of the world was one thing. But how did they actually come through the winter into the spring? Were they were they under pressure?
2: Well, surprisingly enough, and and back to winter barley, they actually came through not too bad. Um, and I think some of the reason for that was that the earlier that any of the winter barley that was sown, I'm just concentrating winter barley for a minute, was sown sort of early enough, so it did get that chance into good conditions as well. By and large, you know, it did get that chance to 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 develop and sort of withstood the worst of the weather. So I think. You know, well, look, certainly there were bare patches here and there and and, and it had an effect, but maybe not as bad as maybe you might have expected, we'll say.
0: And Shay, then in terms of those winter crops, they were looking probably okay. maybe further up the country. uh, uh, Maybe they weren't too bad, I suppose, really. But February was a very dry month. I think it's only about 37 percent of normal rainfall, which was for February extremely dry. How did farmers utilize that time on farm?
1: As you say, Michael, it was very dry and I suppose they used it in a couple of different ways. Um, one was to catch up on some of the winter plantings that maybe didn't didn't happen um, and drilling some of those winter winter wheat varieties. Um, I suppose a lot of people used it to start drilling crops like beans and we would have seen bean acreage rise this year. So a lot of people would use that dry period at that time to drill those crops and to sow spring barley. There's quite a bit of malting barley sown around that time as well. Um, and that was probably what they what they concentrated on. It was probably really only a two week window where they actually could could do that work because obviously ground had to dry out that little bit from 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 all the rain that had got over the winter time. So there was a, quite a bit of tillage work actually went on in that last two weeks of, of February. Um, and I suppose some of the uh, Kieran mentioned winter barley. Some of the guys who had you know got a bit who who normally travel and go early on on winter barley got a bit of fertiliser on that winter barley early, and that seemed to make a big difference in crops later on in the season. Those crops that got that early nitrogen towards the last couple of days of February when they could travel, that seemed to give them that kind of boost and got them to grow and got tiller number, kept tiller numbers alive, whereas some people who didn't get to put out fertiliser at that time had to wait until the end of March, and some cases even to April, to get, get nitrogen on crops. And yield was already lost in winter barley by the time they got the nitrogen out. So there was a lot of work went on in that two-week window, I suppose, that towards the end of February, and it did have a big impact uh, on crops later on in the season.
0: Okay. And Kieran, as as February rolled by and we we ended up in in into March, I think in some farmers I I heard a commentary about, you know, February is just a bit too early for me in terms of planting crops. I think I'll I'll wait out to March, but. March didn't really turn out the way people would have liked, given the fact that Met Aaron is telling us it's one of the wettest marches on record. How did how did farmers cope with that?
2: Yeah, it like as you say March is a crucial one for I suppose, especially for, for spring barley, really. You know, if March comes right, you know, you're in on time and if you get good conditions you're you're away. And like Shay said, down my side of the world, you know, February was useful because in fairness there was a lot of beans sown in February, I would say the vast, vast majority, and sown in, in relatively good conditions, although some of the ones that were sown toward there end the of February, early March, they did suffer a bit, especially maybe some of the, the direct drill systems and that. And we, we did see a few incidents where you know where they got wet after and, and, and there was some bad results. But in general now, in fairness, I think I think February was kind to beans in that sense and helped get the area up. There was some barley planted in that late February, early March slot. Um I, I, I'm thinking of kind of traditional spring barley areas, maybe East Cork, maybe you know, up around Enascarty, like Shay said, those those kind of malting barley areas as well. Now albeit it was it was a small end of it. And, you know, they were the ones that actually yield the best after in in, in fairness. So there was that little bit of work done there. But then following up, as you say, March was was just very, very difficult. There was there was very little planting done in in, in March, if if, if any, really, you know. And then it had the the knock on effect then of not being able to get into the winter crops on time with with fertiliser.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and speaking about fertiliser, Shay, um, I, I suppose it might it's it's hard to forget, but I suppose memories can be short when when you're looking at a shock. But the, the huge amount of the fertiliser that was bought had to be bought around then, but it was very expensive.
1: Yeah, you're right, Michael. I mean, nitrogen, depending on what you were buying, whether it be urea or or can or protected urea, whatever you were buying it was, you know, it was eight, nine hundred euros, maybe even a thousand euros a ton. And that actually had a bit of a problem, that caused a bit of a problem as well, in that some farmers who probably weren't organized, and especially thinking about winter barley, who, um, who were delaying buying fertilizers and delaying waiting to see if prices were going to drop, some of those farmers missed that window of opportunity to spread a bit of nitrogen on winter barley crops there towards the end of February. And that really did have a huge impact on 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 the crop thereafter. Um but again, I mean I mean it was there was all talks at the time of fertilizer being scarce and being you know difficult to get and you know people were just holding out hoping that there would be a drop in price on that fertilizer, but it came far the drop in price came far, far too late for, for tillage farmers. And um, it didn't really happen until the tail end of, of this of the spring and early summer. Um, and I suppose that that expensive fertilizer did cause that issue on, on winter barley crops this year.
0: Okay, and and talking about being late, then uh, uh, you know uh, it was March threw everything into a bit of a disarray, and people were sowing uh, all the way into March. But how late did the spring plantings finish? Eh?
1: Yeah, I suppose Michael, that was the that's the big problem, and the big story of the year, really. I suppose in terms of like people really only got drilling after a two week period in February and, and early March, the couple first couple of days of March, they really didn't get back drilling until late April. Uh, mid to late April, depending on the on the soils. When in. in some of the lighter soils, as Kieran said, maybe down in Wexford East Cork, the kind of Barrow Valley, if you like, people were able to get back in 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 mid April. But on some of the heavier soils up around Me Dublin, eh, uh, they they didn't get in really until the end of end of April. And they drilled all the way through till the end of May, and in one or two cases, they were drilling up up until June. So it really, really did set the set the stall for the for the crops for the rest of the season, um, and really put a limit on their capacity to produce yield. So it really, it really was a difficult spring to get crops in. And
0: Jay, just a, a last word, maybe a quick word on, on on potatoes. Were they as affected? Were they being planted all the way through May or into June?
1: They were, of course, Michael. Um, and again. I suppose there was even more severe in, in, in a potato situation because, really, with potatoes, you have to let the ground or the soil dry at depth because you're going down that 12 18 inches and um, to try and get soil up to, to form beds and whatever. So, guys, I know some guys got panicked and started drilling, uh, drilling up in late April when really conditions weren't really suitable. Um, and some of those came in became became problematic after because they got. They got really dry in in the in the drought period, and drills started to crack and get very very difficult to to work, and and the, and they opened up as well. But they the guys who actually who finished off the planting probably in 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 the end of May and into early June, they planted in the best conditions, and some of those were the best crops that we had.
0: Okay, and Kieran, the, the the weather kind of changed a little a little bit, and really is a year of weather, I suppose, really. But it changed to the, to another extreme in in May. It was only about sixty percent of the normal rainfall in May, of which again was really warm as well, and that 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 spilled over into June. Certainly, in the first half, or maybe right up to maybe the third week of June, was very warm as well and very dry. Did that hinder any of those late-sown spring crops? Because I presume at that stage, there was probably a little bit of drought stress maybe coming on them.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And like we said earlier, small bit of planting done in the early part of the spring, we'll call it. There was some then done around, say, that Easter time, and then as she said there look you were running into the near the end of april then for for the for a lot of it and heavier soils it, it ran later again so the earlier crops while it was dry in may and june the earlier crops were absolutely fine they had a good root structure developed and i i, I didn't really see any great issues there but certainly the later sown crops absolutely uh huge issues um probably more of an issue the further up you went in the country because i suppose look you you you, you were sowing that little bit later so that was a big um factor in spring barley yield and I know when we were looking at spring barley yield for the harvest report and that like it was it was there was I, I don't think I've ever seen such a broad range of yields you know you had from crops doing you know three and a quarter and 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 better in those some of those earlier ones and then we were below two ton in 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 some of those later ones and I think really that late sowing and that combination obviously then of of that dry weather May and June would have been the big factors there really I suppose the other if there's a benefit then I suppose you know that dry weather May and June are key key months in the development of of winter crops and i i i certainly think disease pressure was much lower this year than normal so i suppose that was an advantage in in for for some of the winter cereals especially you know
0: right and shay i suppose from the point of view of of, of harvest wasn't too far away then at the end of june it's the first time in a long time that many farmers maybe even around here in carlo and that um they actually started their harvest in june rather than in in july as normally would have been how did the harvest progress from there
1: it started exceedingly early and in actual fact we probably started ahead in certain and certain places and certain farms ahead of the guys in cork which is normally you know it's very unusual normally it starts in cork first and then works its way up the country this year it started around some of those lighter soils uh, around the midlands and then you know some of the better crops down in cork came on on board then uh, and i suppose from from that first week of july all the way through to the end of the harvest, which unfortunately, as I said before, um, for the most of it ended up in, in in October, albeit there's some still to be harvested or remains unharvested. But it really was dragged out. If we take winter barley, for example, um, people started cutting that first week of July um, and it was a stop start. You know, you get a day here, then it rained then you get and maybe a day's drying, then you go again. um, And it was kind of that sort of pattern all the way through. It was maybe one or two days cutting a week, then you got rain for the rest of the week. And then you go the following week, you get another day or two's coating. Um, and that progressed literally all the way through the harvest. And become it became um, very, very difficult, I would say, in a lot of cases, to to round up straw. Um, albeit we got a week or two window around the end of August, early September, um, when we had the crops form, which is a very dry week. And that facilitated a lot of that straw to be gathered up and, and baled and so on and so forth. But I suppose... On top of that then, on top of that stop-start harvest, I mean, we were looking at crops that we knew there wasn't as good a yield potential in. Like, it, look at those some some of those winter barley crops. Like I said, they didn't get that early fertilizer, so tillers were dropped. So you're looking at crops that had maybe, you know, 800 heads per square meter, where we should have been looking at maybe 1,000 or 1,100. So the yield potential wasn't in them. Um, and like with spring barley crops. Some of those crops, I mean, the late sown crops, there was only one tiller on a lot of those plants. And you could see from the combine, you could see down to the ground, you couldn't, there wasn't a, a mat of heads coming in. So it really, really was a difficult, difficult harvest, both in terms of trying to get the work done, but in, also in terms of what's, what was in front of you in the combine, it was, it was, in a lot of cases, very, very poor.
0: And in terms of the average ELSA, how, how did those end up for the, 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 the bulk of the harvest? I suppose that was, that was done up until um, the end of August.
1: Yeah, I suppose if we take winter barley, Mike, there was, I suppose, if you took the overall average, uh, it was about 8.7 tonnes a hectare, which is, you know, it's, it's below average. Um, but I suppose that there's a huge, as Kieran said, there was a huge range within that. Um, there were some crops doing over four tonnes and there were some crops doing as low as two tonnes. Um, and it was, there was huge problems within that as well in terms of, of bushels and stuff like that. It was just, you know, one of those years where was, you didn't know what you were going to get in the, from one field to the next. One field could be fine. The next field, you go into a completely different crop in it. Um, so it was really, really um, difficult to gauge yields in terms of what were averages around the place. Like I said, those earlier ones, some of them were very, very poor. Then we got into good crops. Then we got into poor crops again. So it was, you know, it was very, very difficult to figure out what way average yields were going to be throughout the season. In terms
0: of one crop versus the other, was there any particular crop that was better, I suppose, or performed particularly reasonably well in comparison to others uh, across that the year or across the the farms that or the, the crops that were on farms?
1: There's no real standout. I mean, all the crops, I suppose, if you like, Michael, they were below what they would have had, what we would have seen in other years. It um, just depends on the site, the location, when it was sown, Winter oil strip probably people would have been reasonably happy with it, uh, apart from the price um, compared to 2022. Uh, But in general, I would say if you were take a general broad range over the whole lot of them, um, some of those early sown spring barley crops did did quite well actually, Um, and some of those malt and barley crops that were sown in February they did quite well. Um, But if you take the overall average and, and and bring in what was harvested at the end of the season, some of those crops were quite poor. So it brings down the overall average. So it's difficult to say that one crop, there's normally one crop in the harvest where you say, yeah, that did well this year. Um, There didn't seem to be that this year. They were all kind of, you know, if one was less worse than the other.
0: So I presume the hangover with that then, Shay, is you have... um. The margins for farmers for 2022 are very much down an awful lot in comparison to the last year, obviously, but but maybe down in comparison to average. But also there's a hangover there in terms of straw volumes that are available for sale or have been sold out there.
1: Yeah, and that's a very important point, Michael, because a lot of people, the strong corporation measure this year um, was well subscribed by the farmers because they looked at those later sown crops and for a variety of reasons, they decided, well, listen, these crops probably aren't going to produce a huge amount of straw and or they're going to be late harvested. So they chopped a lot of straw this year and they chopped a lot of bad straw, which probably wouldn't have amounted to a whole amount anyway. But that has left straw straw volumes around the country in, in, in very short at the moment. And we're seeing um, straw coming in from, from the UK at the moment um, to try and fill that gap. Which is not ideal, but I suppose it's just a, another symptom of the year. And I'm not even confident, Michael, if, if even if the straw chopping scheme wasn't there, given the rainfall that we had, given the crops that we had, whether there would have been enough straw in the country anyway to meet the market that was there.
0: Sure. Yeah, difficult year. And Kieran, talking about difficult year to end off. So you had a number of, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so, Kieran, talking about the end of the year and sort the end of the harvest, you had a number of farmers who, um, didn't get the harvester crops. Was there many of those in the end up?
2: I suppose it's hard to gauge, Michael. Um, I just saw a report the other day that there was 277 applications for the unharvested crop scheme that the department had. Now, if you took that everybody put in the max, that'd be five and a half thousand hectares. So, look, some industry reports are saying maybe in around four thousand. Um, but I suppose that doesn't really tell the full story because, you know, there's certainly a lot of crops out there where farmers, you know, did cut them, but they were absolutely bit with the weather, you know, and they might have taken a ton, a ton and a half off them. So I suppose that's 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 in that 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 cycle there or that, you know. So look it was a it was a, um, a bitter one there at the end, certainly, you know. And now look the scheme will, will, will help some farmers and, and that certainly would be would be welcomed, you know.
0: And of course, that that rolls on a little bit into the the autumn planting, which again, Kieran has been really difficult.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 think you wouldn't get two in a row, but like we certainly have. You know, um, it's it's probably even more difficult this year. I suppose again, I mentioned the harvest report earlier on. And for that report, you know, we, you know, getting feedback from advisors, people in the trade, hard to put numbers on it. Like, but certainly, Winter Barley is the one that's taken the 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 biggest hit again. You know, just weather conditions just haven't been suitable. I mean, we could be as low as thirty five thousand hectares. You know, if you remember in in twenty two, we were up at seventy four thousand hectares. So that's 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 a that's a massive hit there. The wheat one. Is a bit of a movable feast, you know, because there's there's the wheat, you know, was going in even up to last week, so that that certainly will um will, will will improve a little bit, like you know. But we're probably looking at the lowest winter cereal area at the moment since probably thirteen, you know. So um that's kind of where we are with it at the minute. But as I say, look, the wheat one is 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 moving still a little bit, like you know.
0: So uh, just in terms of the overall year, lads, uh, in terms of was there a couple of lessons that you maybe took from the year and. Maybe, Kieran, I'll come to you first.
2: Yeah, I suppose you know we're we're you know talking about climate change and that at the moment, and I suppose we're we're seeing the effects of it longer, you know, wet and dry spells, and it's certainly having a big impact on 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 crop production, and I suppose we're. We're all the time scratching our heads how do we mitigate this or, or this or reduce the risk and i suppose the one thing that i would have seen during the year i'm sure farmers did anyway but like it's just that we just have to take every opportunity to to plant once conditions are right you know you sort of can't leave the, that that planting window go and if you do you know you can get caught so for argument's sake you know if you had ground dry enough there in in, in early march to sow barley and you said look i'll wait you know, you were in taper before you got that done. So I think the big thing for me is just, you know, be ready, take the opportunity when it comes, if conditions are right. I think that's the big one for me this year, really.
0: And just to follow up on that one, does that necessarily mean that bigger machinery
2: is required? Oh look I suppose you could argue that always especially with harvest capacity I mean you know we're we're often criticized in Ireland for being over capacity you know you know it just couldn't have enough capacity this year but I think the follow on to that one is like that if you don't get the winter area sown or if you can't spread your crop risk, you're going to end up in a scenario if you get a bad harvest, we'd say, with say sake, a lot of spring barley to harvest, you know. So, again, it's hard to back to the first point of, of trying to take every opportunity. And I think really the only way we can mitigate that risk somehow is just having a broad range of crops, you know. So maybe to use beans as an example. You know, for those growers that put in a field or two of beans, well, that was a field or two that they didn't have to sow later in the spring that may in the past have been in spring barley. So that kind of took a bit of pressure off. So I think it's just having a broader range of crops that allows you to take up the planting opportunities when they come, whether that's autumn or spring. Okay.
0: And Shay, similar question to you in terms of is there one or two takeaways that 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 you brought from
1: 2023? Yeah, I, I'd echo um, Michael What Kieran said there about spreading your risk. And I think I mean we 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 kind of the overall message from the harvest hasn't been good. But there have been individuals who actually have done quite well this year and they will tell you on the quiet that they have done reasonably okay. They tend to be the people who spread risk across their farm, whether it be the rotation, whether it be a spread of crops and um, that takes workload, you know, or reduce or spreads workload over a bigger peri- period of time. Those people um generally tended to get on reasonably okay, albeit all the other factors that were out there. They seem to get work done. Uh, and I suppose the other one that that for me was a crucial one this year um, was not to be afraid to ask for help. And I think if you look at the harvest issue and look at the poor and who who still have crops that still have to be harvested or harvested very late crops, some of those people just didn't ask for help in time. And there was probably help out there if they'd gone to look for it in time. If I look at some of the really big, efficient outfits out there, most of those farms got all the work done in time because they had help on, on hand at the time. Whereas some of the people who didn't get the, the crops done in time, whether they didn't get them in in time or get them out in time, they're people who tried to do everything on their own. And that's kind of a a critical um, message that I would have for the year a learning that I would have for the year. If things are getting tight, just ask for help.
0: Okay, I think that's very sound advice because I think a problem shared is a problem I have to to say out there, whether it's physical work or or, or otherwise, because I think there might be a good few people out there this year certainly feeling a bit low after this year because um, at the end of the day, and I think a a lot of people who aren't involved in farming, Maybe forget about it. That the income from uh, to those households comes from working with the land and working outdoors. Guys, look, that's all we have time for, and a really huge thanks to you for uh, for your contribution for this week, but also for your contribution through the entire year. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, uh, for you joining us and giving the, the the benefit of your wisdom and your observations about what's going on out there. Thanks, guys. Well,
1: no probably, Michael. Michael.
0: So that's it for this week and my thanks to Shay and Karen for joining me on the podcast this week and for their contribution throughout the year. I want to wish you and your family a very happy and safe Christmas, and I will chat to you next Thursday where we hear from Dr. Sarah Cook about blackgrass and how to control it on your farm. So finally, don't forget if you enjoy the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to charges.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. Be back next week with more tillage news and advice. Before I sign off, another gentle reminder to please fill out the survey. The details are in the show notes.